Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Slightly favors the right footer here, but Griffiths, having got the goal, goes again! Right, Hamden Roar podcast post mortem with myself, Andy Barge, and Ben Ramage of Media Scotland. We're not going to be too downbeat because we know the Belgium game was a really, really tough ask to pick anything up. So we'll focus on Russia to begin with and what went wrong and what didn't go right for Scotland against Russia. Ben, assess that for me, please. Yeah, it was really, it was really tough. I've, I went into it with such like feeling of hope. Which I know often happens with us. <laughs> Sounds but, familiar, yeah. You know, you know, I felt like Clark was getting his team together. On paper, the team that he picked was roughly what everyone else would have picked. You know, there's oh, yeah. so much quality in that midfield, so much quality throughout the team. We started brilliantly and scored, and you think, right? Yeah. You just you could feel the lift in the atmosphere. Well, I thought the first 15 minutes was really encouraging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we were pressing Russia. We we got the goal, which I think we deserved, but. We, we folded yeah. after that. I feel like the the game plan, I would have thought the game plan would have been to sit in and make it difficult for them in the early stages. Mm-hmm. And I think the goal actually threw them a bit because the, the immediate plan was suddenly out the window and it was like, right, we've now got a lead. So what do we do? Do we go and chase it or do we defend? And I feel like they reverted to the safe option and they held it and they held it too they they went into that mindset way too much mm-hmm. and they almost forgot about actually trying to keep control of midfield, try and press and attack. It was all about sitting in and defending. And if you do that against a team like Russia that have such quality, they're going to get through eventually. They're going to start dominating. And it felt inevitable that they were going to score at some point. Yeah, it, it did feel like a, a matter of when, not if, when mm-hmm. Juba scored the, the equaliser. They, yeah. They'd been banging on the door for... Oh, 20, 30 minutes mm-hmm. by that point, yeah. Um, let's touch on the, the midfield then. It's, it's supposed to be our strongest area, mm-hmm. but in reality it looked like, arguably, I know the defence wasn't great and we had not much up front either, but relatively because of how good our midfield is supposed to be, mm-hmm. it would, I'd say was arguably our weakest part of the team because we'll, we'll come to Belgium as well, but Russia just seemed to, to bully us in midfield. Every second ball that dropped, they were there first, they were able to pass around us with relative ease. Mm-hmm. 
and I know that we are not too defensively minded in midfield but I would like to think that we've got the tactical nous or the the ability to at least try and stop Russia from from mm-hmm. playing. Yeah, and in midfield is the frustrating thing is that McTominay you see him play for Man United and he's battling. He he tries to win every single ball. McGregor ditto at Celtic and you know he dominates midfields for Celtic mm-hmm. McGinn has started really well for Aston Villa playing every minute you know scoring against Tottenham you think where have these players actually gone when you watch <laughs> them in a Scotland shirt because they were almost invisible in that Russia yeah. game and you think right that's three really top class players you would you would argue where did they go so is that the system is it a lack of belief whatever it is Clark needs to he needs to find a formula where that will work better and I think it did work better in the Belgium game um, I feel like with Russia the two wingers just didn't do enough I really no. rate Fraser I'm not so fussed about Forrest in a Scotland shirt but they, there was far too little link with the midfield there was far too little link with McBurney so McBurney was playing on, on his own against two centre-backs yeah. which is the easiest thing for centre-backs to deal with one of them goes tight one of them picks up the mm-hmm. loose ball you know it's, it's almost impossible for a centre forward. I never felt that we had any kind of cutting edge against Russia or any midfielders that were willing to drive forward and make something happen until Ryan Christie came on, and we'll, we'll talk about him in depth uh, mm-hmm. from the Belgium game. But I think that, and I, I'm, again, I'm, Armstrong's not played much for Southampton this season, but I feel like that's the kind of player that we needed against Russia, somebody to make things happen, yeah. to try and get to be brave and get on the ball and try and start the team playing going forward instead of McGinn and McGregor who to be honest I thought they were hiding against Russia yeah. and McTominay who just didn't really seem to carry out any of his screening duties that he's, he's there to do mm-hmm. I feel a bit sorry for Armstrong because he almost always performs for Scotland he did when he came on against Belgium he always looks like he's up to speed and his quality is there every time so just because he's on the bench for Southampton, I don't think that means that he shouldn't start for Scotland. Mm-hmm. If he's one of our best players, and he is, and mm-hmm. he's playing for a Premier League side, just because he's not starting every game for them doesn't automatically mean that he can't start for Scotland. Yeah. And he has proven for me countless times that he is our best attacking midfielder. Yeah. So why leave him and then give him 20 minutes at the end of a game when the game's already gone? He, he dragged our campaign with... England and Slovakia and Slovenia mm-hmm. off its knees because he he made the difference against Slovenia in the must-win game yeah. that Chris Martin eventually mm-hmm. scored and then he really, really kicked on from there. And I feel that, I, I totally agree with you that just because he's getting 20, 30 minutes here and there for Southampton at the moment doesn't diminish his his, uh, his ability. His match sharpness might not be mm-hmm. at the peak but I think he's still got enough. He's a fit boy, mm-hmm. Armstrong. Um, and for me, and we'll come to where, where Scotland go from here in terms of Russia and San Marino lineups. I would have, I mean, for me, it would be Hemming Christie um, mm-hmm. and the team ahead of a sitting midfielder, which is probably McTominay. But anyway, we'll come to that. Um, up front, anyway, touched McBurney there. He's he's had a hard time because of the video that was um, yeah. circulating on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, as you mentioned, Playing up on his own against two big centre halves, experience easy centre-halves. to do. But does but should a striker be doing more to get himself into the game, or is that responsibility not following him? Yeah, I would. I saw comparisons to him with Kenny Miller, and I do quite like that because yes, Miller wasn't always technically the best striker, but he gave you everything, mm-hmm. and he ran channels, he ran 
like selflessly and McBurney doesn't do that so it's very easy for McBurney doesn't do anything else mm -hmm. that you think right what is he actually bringing to the team but what in defence of McBurney I would say when Phillips came on and played up front with him he immediately looked a better player he immediately had somebody to link yeah, okay. up with and to pass to and receive passes from because he literally had nothing in that game so if we're not going to if we're going to play one up front then it won't suit McBurney and so I would actually say, well, maybe have McBurney to come on and play as one of the two okay, yeah. if we were to go to up front. But if we're building a four-five-one, he, I just don't think that system's going to suit him unless the wingers really support and come in tighter. But if you play with two rapid wingers, as we were, that both want to hug the byline, then he's going to get no service. Yeah. What are we going to do about James Forrest? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm... I'm just sick of saying that he doesn't turn up in a Scotland shirt. How many times can you continue to start at international level if you don't perform? Mm -hmm. I understand that he's a very, very good player for Celtic, but how many times has he not turned up for Scotland? Oh, and it's such yeah. an important position, you know, down that wing, where you actually get A, either crosses into the centre forwards, or B, get behind the defence and pull back. Mm -hmm. And he just doesn't do it. No. So repeat, as you say, repeatedly. So how many times can he? Can we keep? We we can't afford to play a better team than us and have a player that isn't effective, at least at something. Mm -hmm. And again, he just offered nothing. And I just feel like, how many times can we actually play? Keep playing him. I think I think Yuri Zhirkov was the left back for Russia uh, against us, and I know he's had a great career. Zhirkov playing Premier League and mm -hmm. being capped. For, for years and years by Russia but he's I'm pretty sure he's mid to late 30s mm -hmm. yeah. Forrest is a fast boy mm -hmm. I don't understand how Forrest can't receive the ball on the wing and just take him on yeah. and get past him and I, I don't know if that's me being a bit naive or too simplistic about it but he's a winger mm -hmm. he does it for Celtic plenty get the ball out the right beat your man mm -hmm. and put it into the box or when it's on the left side make yourself an option yeah. at the back post he just really doesn't he doesn't, I, I don't think that Forrest seems to grasp how, how I don't know if again this is just me speaking with my fan goggles on I don't think he grasps grasps how important it is to be a Scotland player yeah. mm -hmm. he just seems to go through the motions yeah. for Scotland and he's not really arsed mm -hmm. it certainly looks that way which um, but when you see him scoring when he did score in the Nations League the celebration was there to see and it was there on um when we scored against Russia, McBurney as well, there was pictures afterwards where, you know, the boys were absolutely buzzing. You can tell that they do really want to do well. But for me, it's just a lack. It's, I think it's a lack of confidence with quite a few of these players. You know, yeah. Forrest and McGregor feel very comfortable at Celtic. They know that they're going to have the majority of the ball and they perform at their best in that, in that scenario. But that's not always the way in international mm -hmm. football. So for me, someone like Snodgrass, Armstrong... They've proven that they can play at international level. I think because their technique is so much better that they can hold themselves under pressure. They don't just give the ball away. They don't make rash decisions. So, for me, they they need to be playing more often. But would you ditch Callum McGregor from midfield for the time being? I don't know. It's because I pick. I would have had him in my lineups for both of those games. Yeah. But he hasn't performed. So does he need a kick up the arse to say actually this is our most important area? where we are really stacked yeah. with quality, maybe you have to come off the bench and prove that you can actually do it now. How often do you hear that competition for places makes a player mm -hmm. roll their sleeves up and really yeah. prove that they deserve to be there? 
as far as I'm concerned, none of the Scotland midfield have no. done that apart from Ryan Christie over yeah. the two games. I thought Christie when he came on against Russia and he only got, was it 10 or 15 minutes, mm. was by far the brightest spark that the team had. And then against Belgium, I thought he was the, the most willing runner, the one that was doing the most work in midfield, the dirty work as well, making up for McTominay and, and uh, Kenny McLean. And I think that he was a bit more intuitive going forward. Mm-hmm. He was looking to provide for uh, Matt Phillips and Snodgrass and Cal McGregor, who's playing left wing. So for me, Christie is the one from midfield that has shown he deserves a place in the team. Yeah, he was the only one for me from the Russia game that would have got pass marks, mm-hmm. and uh, he came on as a substitute. <laughs> I was going through the, the whole, you know, the whole outfield team, and you just say none of them actually turned up. At least um, David Marshall still got it. Exactly, a couple yeah. of really good saves that actually kept us in the game. Um, it would have been it would have been worse if we hadn't had him mm-hmm. pulling those saves off. So that actually kind of got brushed past. But he still looks quality. So mm-hmm. I think he's pretty much nailed nailed on keeper oh, yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just the other ten players we've got <laughs> to worry about. Let's discuss the fullbacks. We'll come to Robertson in a minute. Mm-hmm. Is Stephen O'Donnell still going to be Scotland's right back going forward? I know it's. It's, a, it's such a tough one because I do really like him and I think he's just he's just not good enough for international level. Um, the trouble is, who else do we have? This is, you know, people keep slating him, but if he is the, the best option at the moment, what it's not his fault that he keeps getting picked. Everyone's saying, how has he got 11 caps? Well, because he was deemed at that point to be the best right-back option uh, by a, several managers. Absolutely a fair and valid point, yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to list a few <coughs> right-backs and I'm not going to get into the Jason Naismith or Cammy mm-hmm. Kerr realm that we seem to have dabbled in, mm-hmm. uh, well, pundits have dabbled in a couple of weeks past. Um, Phil Bardsley, yeah, still playing Premier League football with Burnley. International. 32 or 33 years old, I think, but is it worth mm-hmm. at least... It might even be a bit older than that, to be honest. He might be 35, but in terms of a quick fix to get through the playoff Maybe which is it. what we need yeah. Yeah. Um, Liam Palmer inexperienced so that's the drawback but playing at a good level uh-huh. and also and I'm really unsure about this one but Ryan Jacks played right back in the past he has um, but again it's that thing of playing someone out yeah. of position He's he is a holding midfielder yeah now. I know no, and I, I, I wouldn't personally play him yeah. at right back I've just seen a few suggestions on mm-hmm. the forums by right. fans yeah but Richard Tate is one that Motherwell that I think we spoke about before mm-hmm. that I think he's been on the fringes um, he's a very depend. I've watched Motherwell a lot he's very dependable he's quick and his positioning is very good so if we need an experienced head at right back um, my, my worry with him is that he's not much better than O'Donnell so I'm not sure okay. but you know if we need a new right back you know he's playing in a good Motherwell side that I think will do well this season He's played there a lot. He's captain the club. You know, he's he is a bit of a leader. You know, what about Tierney? That's my solution. The issue with that is that again, he doesn't play that position, and it depends if you keep playing Robertson, which I know we've talked about. But I just how he is falls a bit into the McGregor category now. Yeah. Um, how how often can you keep playing him badly in that position? He just doesn't look happy at left back for uh, Scotland. Is the captain saying a shoe? I would say so, yeah. I would get that armband off him. I think that was... Uh, he's technically our best player, so we'll give him the armband. But is he actually he's, the best leader? And he's a fan favourite. For me, it was a PR stunt from the SFA to try and get the fans on back board. on side. Yeah. Yeah. 
this is a Champions League winner. Yeah. Come and watch him captain the country. But mm. he doesn't lead the country. He doesn't no. lead by example. And it, to be honest, it just looks like it weighs him down. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that Robertson looks too worried and too nervous to, to mm. try things in case he makes a mistake. And Again, then, against Belgium, sorry, against Belgium, he ran forward in the first cost minute or two mm-hmm. and he put a ball across that Courtois collected pretty easily but I thought that was a signal of yes this is mm-hmm. Robertson we know and then he, he didn't do it at all for the rest of the game until Christie fed him through down the left at one point and I think he tried to dink it over Courtois yeah. instead of cutting it back and that was the only other time I can remember in the Belgium game where Robertson got in behind and this is a a guy who's he's literally as we touched on I think been nominated for mm-hmm. Uh, the best player in the world in his position for the FIFA Pro 11 yeah. unrecognisable for Scotland and people keep saying about he plays a different position for Liverpool he plays much higher up the pitch but he was in those positions and uh, you know he didn't do anything um, but it, it just, to me it's so seems, frustrating. he seems scared to, to go forward I think O'Donnell's the same how often did they reach the halfway line and just freeze yeah. to be fair the midfield wouldn't provide much that's why I think O'Donnell and Robertson always had to go back to either Cooper who I thought was pretty decent by the mm-hmm. way over the two games Cooper and Mulgrew midfield I've seen more movement in a morgue they, <laughs> they just are so static McLean who I think his ball retention against Belgium let him down but I think he's a good player mm-hmm. Cal McGregor as we've touched on a great player McTominay playing at one of the biggest clubs in world mm-hmm. football seems scared to take the ball from their wing backs yeah why? I know, and that definitely adds into Robertson's poor performances because normally he knows he can pass into midfield at Liverpool and bomb on, mm-hmm. and a the pass to him forward will be fine, and b someone will cover him. I think that's very much a worry that if he goes forward and then they break on us and they get down his side and he's held up as being the one that made the mistake. Yeah. So there's just that there's all of that extra weight of responsibility on him, and we have to help him there and getting the armband off him is definitely the first thing it might hurt a bit but mm-hmm. no one can, no one I think can argue that that armband is helping him or helping the team at yep. the moment 100% I agree with you I, I don't think that he's suited for the captain's role just now yep. I think it's so important though and I was against this for a while to try and shoehorn Tierney into the team mm-hmm. and I'm not sure I would play a three at the back with Tierney on the left side and Robertson in front that didn't really work last time mm-hmm. we tried that but I think Tierney now is too good to ignore. We have mm. to put him in the team somewhere and it would be right back for me. But it would maybe be a similar situation with O'Donnell where Tierney's going forward on his right foot, which mm. he doesn't like to use, and then we'll just mm. hesitate and then play it infield or back to Liam Cooper or whoever yeah. it is at centre-half. I think the argument for Tierney now is that he is a better defender than O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. So even though it's not his actual position... If O'Donnell is the best option that we have, if Tierney is a better defender, which he arguably is, mm-hmm. then I think I would actually now start him at right back as well. So um, would, would you, if it was down to the left-back spot though, are you saying that you would take Robertson out of the equation for a game and see how Tierney plays if he's fit? I, I think that could work. I don't... <laughs> and depends. put Robertson on the bench or play him further mm-hmm. up the park? Well, see, that's the issue. That's, the other option for me would be to play Tierney at left back and Robertson at winger, um, but again, that's him out of position. It's yeah. not. I, d- I don't see why it couldn't work because he's very quick and he's very good at getting past people. So that's arguably his best attributes at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. So 
all you're doing is making a lot less pressure on his defensive work and just saying, right, you can actually just go and bomb forward. You know, Liverpool have obviously never need to try it, but maybe we could try it. And then Tierney is obviously a much better left back uh, defensively than O'Donnell would be a right back. But then you have the issue that you'd still need a right back. It's, so, it's, it's such a conundrum. So Clark's got a, a jigsaw here that is going to take months to try and piece together. Fortunately, we've got months until the playoffs, but not too many games yeah, beforehand. The, the Cyprus and Kazakhstan games are going to be a huge test of what this team's progress is mm-hmm. before the before the playoffs. We, we just seem so easy to to beat, and I think I said at the start of the podcast, or maybe it was to you just before we started recording, that every time Belgium especially, and also Russia to an extent, went forward, they just looked like they were going to score. Mm-hmm. Whereas countries like Northern Ireland, and for anyone who's not seen the highlights of this, go onto YouTube and, and try and find them. Northern Ireland gave Germany a real mm-hmm. good game. There was a, there was chances for them to take the lead at 0-0, two guilt edge chances. Germany's first goal was a screamer, and then they added the second in injury time when Northern Ireland were trying to equalise. Republic of Ireland, who have got Denmark and Switzerland in their group, are top. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at Republic of Ireland's team on paper, and I don't know if this is a myopic view because I know a lot more about the Scottish players, but I'm looking at the Republic of Ireland's team and thinking not many of them would get into ours on paper, mm. but would I trust Scotland right now to go and beat them? Yeah. No. But for me, that's all about experience and the amount of time they've had together. Like Northern Ireland are a unit. You know, They've been to a national tournament. They've had that training camp beforehand where they have mm. weeks together. You know, they, they are established teams. They all know their roles. We are thrown together at the moment. And it's literally who's there, like who can we actually get in, who's fit. There's just no continuity. And it was the same against Russia. This is a team that before that World Cup, they would have had a whole month's training camp Mm -hmm. where they're just drilling into their roles. And you can see it. That's the difference at the moment. So Clark needs to be given the time. At the moment, he's probably had about two weeks in total actually with the players. So he, he obviously needs a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's way too early to be, you know, some people calling for Clark to go. Oh, nonsense. I'm like, come on, you can't be serious. Mm-hmm. You can't give him four games, two against <laughs> the best yeah. team in the world, and judge him on that. And this was a team that was at rock bottom, mm-hmm. literally no confidence, no momentum, no form. He, Everyone said he could be a miracle worker, but this is going to be his biggest task. Oh, yeah. And he, he needs more time to get it right. Russia, Russia is huge because if we go there and deliver a performance that makes us hard to beat and threatening on the counter-attack, I suppose, like as Kelly teams were at Ibrox or mm-hmm. Parkhead or Pataudry, mm-hmm. wherever, um, if we deliver a, a performance like that, it will be a bit more encouraging. That's what I was hoping for mm-hmm. against... Yeah, Belgium and Russia and this double header, and then San Marino. I, I think just because of the way things are at the moment, I think we we need to thump them. Mm-hmm. We I think we need to turn up and absolutely batter yeah. them, just to at least provide some sort of get some sort excitement of or encouragement. And, yeah. yeah, I mean goals just are hard to come by at the moment for us, especially having we played Belgium twice now. So the end of the group is actually easier for us. Mm-hmm. So which actually gives us a bit of a chance to get some momentum going after the Russia away game. If we could put a performance in there and then win the next three, that's not actually the end of the world going into the playoffs, mm-hmm. which we do need to remember that we are actually in the playoffs for the first time since 2004 against teams 
that are of a similar level to us. We won't play anyone near as good as, as Russia, and we weren't that far off Russia already. So it's going to be Bulgaria. If Finland keep going the way they are, they will qualify, which yeah. I think is good news because yeah. they are on such a confident wave at the moment. I yeah. don't fancy playing them, especially with Puke just scoring every yeah. game. So it will be Bulgaria, their bottom of their group, or Israel, which would be an interesting one. That was a really close game last time. So, But winnable. Like, yeah, oh yeah. Well, we did beat them. So, yeah. so Bulgaria likely to be Bulgaria as far as I'm aware in one semi-final and the other one would be Serbia who are currently behind Ukraine and Portugal in their group mm-hmm. uh, or Norway Serbia against Norway Norway are kind of just floating around but they've only lost one they've won two drawn three which again shows mm-hmm. that they're hard to beat and they're, they're not out of qualifying they're only two points off Sweden in second right. so they could well mm-hmm. put a wee run together and qualify automatically I hope not because I think that Sweden and Romania are the other team in that group. I think that Sweden and Romania are better yeah. than Norway. So th- those are the the situations we look likely to find ourselves in at the moment. There's plenty of time to go, but not many games until then. That's that's the problem. Was it one, two, five, four? Is it? One, two, I'm trying to count the months. But six, about six months until the playoffs, with only four games. Mm-hmm. Not much. There's, I've, I've noted down some players here, Ben. That could come into the fold maybe and provide a, something different that we might need um, Henderson and Serie A um, yeah, if we, maybe if we need, if we need a bit more of a cutting edge in midfield Mikey Johnston if he really kicks on at Celtic before the playoffs Turnbull at Motherwell's injured and it's probably yeah. too early for him to come into the, yeah. the fold I think as far as uh, defenders go Palmer at right back who's not been involved here I know you're big fan of Halkett as a Hearts fan do you really think he might be ready to come in it's hard to tell because this is like his first season at a bigger club but he certainly looks to be the full the full shilling um, and Berra who you know I always used to really rate he has really fallen off a bit mm. of a cliff I think Berra's so finished with Scotland I would say I would, I would say we need to move on and Halkett's only 24 so there's is it, you know there's mm-hmm. there's another 10 years in him there I, I, I would say Given the centre backs that we had this time around, I would certainly say that he deserves a look. Would um, you would you keep Mulgrew or Cooper in the team for Russia? Not Mulgrew. I've before this campaign started, I thought we were past Mulgrew. You know, he's thirty four and he's playing in League One. I mean, that's not international level. Um, he, I, I, th- I don't think he's got the the speed or the positioning to to cope with with decent opposition now, which I, happened this. Break. Yeah, I've always liked Mulgrew, and the argument for him being in the team is his experience. But it really didn't do him much use. Uh, this experience over the, the couple of games, did it? Who was it that scored the? Was it Older Virad? Just bullied he just him, brushed him aside. Absolutely bullied him. If he wasn't there, and that's your yeah. centre back. That's your experienced centre back. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't. I, th- I think that Cooper. It's weird to say this because we were pumped in both games, but I think that Cooper. Did okay. I thought Cooper did okay. Yeah, and I, w- I think he's the centre back that we've got that's playing at the highest level. Mm-hmm. I would, I would certainly still mm-hmm. have men. Liam Lindsay is another one who might get included if if yeah. he starts to play well for Stoke. So I'm just trying to no, throw some yeah. mud here and hope some of it sticks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I think we have to try and stay positive. I know it's difficult, but we are going into a playoff for the first time in over a decade. And we're playing teams that are of a similar level or worse than us. 
you know, the last two was Holland and England. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not going to be a Herculean effort to beat these teams. We just have to be solid and get a couple of quality forwards into decent positions and we could actually qualify for this tournament. What about the the fans? <laughs> because Handen, I think, used to be a bit of a... My fortress is a bit much, maybe, but an intimidating place mm-hmm. for opposition teams to come, especially when it was full, noisy. Scotland 100%. always had a bit of support. I think that even against Russia at, at points, but especially against Belgium, there was a resignation before kickoff that almost as if that this is pointless. Yeah. And I think... Empty stands behind the yeah, goals as well. How can that possibly be intimidating? There's a reputation, well, an alleged reputation around the world that the Tartan Army have garnered because of trips to World Cups in previous years when it was all very different and the team were successful. But I think that we now need to do our bit if we want Hamden to, to become this intimidating place for mm-hmm. opposition teams to come again. Belgium must have been rubbing their hands when they walked out and saw that. And I think they obviously expected to wipe the floor with us anyway, but we we in the stands, I don't think, and I include myself in this, I, I didn't hear one Scotland song being sung throughout the game. And if you contrast that to the England game not that long ago, yeah. or even when it was that, full. that group, especially Slovakia, mm-hmm. I mean, there were, were 45,000 or so there. And I know against teams like Malta and Gibraltar and San Marino, mm-hmm. it's never going to be 40,000, 50,000 there. But in the big games, I remember Poland a couple of years ago when yeah. Lewandowski scored last minute equaliser. Hamden was, I think, sold out. Mm-hmm. And now we've got the best team in the world coming, Belgium, and I know the chances of qualification are, were pretty much done before that game. But I'd like to think that at least we can, everyone together can at least help the team along a bit or try and support sure. them rather than having this doom and gloom attitude walking into the stadium before the team mm-hmm. plays. I it is tough. It's tough to get fans back on side. I think there's like a core unit of Scotland fans that will go to every game, probably 15,000, 20,000 maybe. Um, it's about getting those other ones on side. And you do need to have a brand of football. And I just think at the moment we just don't have it. There's, there's no way that you can really convince someone to go and watch something that might be half yeah. decent because we can't even guarantee that. Um, and you can't even guarantee a real battling, you know. Yeah. You know, socks up kind of performance. It's it's just like there's this apathy. I mean, we 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 spoke about this earlier on in the week about uh, what was the thing you sent me about a uh, a scheme to try and get the concession scheme. concession. Yeah, mm. I th- I, th- I honestly think that you could have reduced the, for the Belgium game especially reduced tickets to fiver for concessions and a tenner for a paying adult at the gate, and the attendance would have been pretty similar. I just yeah. don't, I just don't think people were bothered and I don't mm-hmm. I don't really think it was a financial thing I know tickets are quite expensive I think 27 30 pound I, I, yeah that puts people off but even if it was a tenner I'm not sure about how many people that were on the fence mm-hmm. that would consider because of what you touched on about how um, grim the international mm-hmm. performances have been this year mm-hmm. I mean compare Strachan's last season and this is not me advocating Strachan to come back I'm fully behind Clark but look at Strachan's last season unbeaten for a calendar year mm-hmm. Beating Slovenia, Slovakia at home, nearly beating England, and quite and a progressive style of football as well. Strachan, I, I, I that was quite I would, under. I would never have got rid of him at the time, but I mean, Han, the fans were coming back because we were starting to win games, mm-hmm. playing a decent style of yeah. football, attacking, mm-hmm. um, not just sitting in and getting beat. 
Yeah, because there's only so many times that certain fans will go and watch that. Compare that to this year, and the, the qualifying is that we have played six, one two against uh, San Marino and Cyprus, and lost the other four. Only just beat Cyprus. The, as the, well. the only thing that is going to make fans come back, I think, in their droves is winning games of football. Mm-hmm. But for that to start happening. I think that the ones that are in the stands already, the kind of mm-hmm. hardcore that you've mentioned about, that go to every game, and the Tartan army that go away from home, mm-hmm. need to yeah. push the team on as well. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that, yeah. Let's uh, quickly chat about Griffiths. Son carried an article this week that he wants to be included. Yeah. That's a no-brainer as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned. What about you? Oh, 100%. You yeah. saw towards the end of Strachan's um, uh, managership that he really got to grips with that front role you know he was starting to look a bit more Miller-esque sort of making yeah. runs into channels dragging defenders out of position that's what McBurney wasn't doing you know really good centre forwards they'll try and make space for other players if they're not getting anything whereas McBurney looks quite happy just to sit there and say well I'm not getting the service Yeah. so I'm I'm just not you know it's not my yeah. fault Shucks responsibility he doesn't actually try and grab the game and try yeah. and make something happen um, Griffiths does that and he's also probably our best finisher. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. for me, and especially from free kicks, everything, you know, he if he's fit, he should be starting. Um, and I would hopefully, you know, get Naismith back involved as well if he can prove that he's fit, which doesn't look likely at the moment. But Griffiths is the one for me that can give us something from nothing. And I don't just mean the dead, the, sorry, the set pieces against England. The one that I always go to is the Slovenia match when mm-hmm. we drew two two when we needed to win. Yeah. When that ball fell to Griffiths on the edge of the area at an angle and he put it in one of the only places that All Black was never exactly. getting to, yeah. I don't think anybody else in our squad yeah. could do that on a whim. Yeah. And when we were going forward against Russia and Belgium, we and I know we scored one goal against Russia because the keeper chucked it to John McGinn, mm-hmm. we never looked like scoring. Every time we went forward, we had no cutting edge in the final third and look, look at Kosovo just been to St Mary's against England scored three goals exactly. three so, goals and I know that one of them was a penalty and one of them was a, a mistake by was it Michael Keane of England I think but that's a, a much better defence than ours Maguire, Keane Alexander-Arnold and Ben Chilwell for England and Kosovo have went there and scored exactly. three times mm-hmm. we, I think we really need to find some sort of groove mm-hmm. that allows us to to cut through or to at least have a better chance of playing through from say yeah. from open play and when I look at the team that we had out against Russia on paper I thought yeah good yeah. this is this is the team that, that we should be going for here and now in my mind and I don't know if this is me jumping to conclusions or um, acting too quickly but now my mind's totally changed mm-hmm. I've thought these players aren't up to it for Scotland yeah. so for, for me players like Armstrong and Snodgrass have to play Snodgrass is my team all day. Even if they're only getting on as subs for West Ham and Southampton, Mm -hmm. they're still at that level. They're still that quality where they can take the ball under pressure and make something happen. Um, We don't. We're not. We're not blessed with players that seem to be able to do that international level. So we can't keep leaving them out. Ryan Fraser has proven that he has got a system in all day long Mm -hmm. if he's in the right system. At the moment, it's just not working for Scotland. But you can't leave him out. So for me, those three have to play. And if you have those three behind Griffiths, I think something is going to happen. There's so much quality on the ball there. In a, in a midfield then, either a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3, whatever you want to call it, do you still have McTominay at the base? 
I think so. I think if <coughs> if managers like Mourinho are having him in his team all the time, there's something there that that's not. He's not doing that for the fun of it. He he, and he is obviously quite talented. So for me, he still gets that place, but the system needs to be right, mm-hmm. and the team needs to be functioning for him yeah. to do well because he does the nitty gritty stuff that doesn't look that good anyway. So if you put him into a team that isn't doing that well, he's not going to look very good. Yeah. Um, but mean, you need someone that's willing to do all that dirty work. I, I think if Christie continues playing for Celtic the way that he is at the moment, I think he'll start in Russia because I, I think he was by far our best player over the two yeah. games. Both games, yeah. yeah. And he's doing really well at, at club level. So he's kind of putting mm-hmm. the two and two together the way that players like McGinn and McGregor aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, Clark's clearly a big fan of McLean he may well come into the team again but for me it would be Armstrong I think alongside Christie to try and to try and give us something yeah. um, a wee bit of craft going forward and a bit of drive somebody willing to break the lines because yeah. Christie seems willing to put himself about and do the dirty work mm-hmm. in midfield but he's also very technically mm-hmm. talented the kind of player that we thought John McGinn I suppose would be for us mm-hmm. over the last couple of games but mm-hmm. he just didn't really turn up did he goal aside yeah. um, but I think going forward I agree with you that Fraser on the left I would have Snodgrass on the right still mm-hmm. and Griffiths through the middle yeah. with Christie Armstrong McTominay for me would be ideal and then defence anyone's guess really right. I, I can't see him dropping Robert Snow together but he has to work out a way to take the pressure off him so that he can just be a left back um, I still don't think we're ever going to get a Liverpool Esque Robertson mm-hmm. for Scotland. There's just something about the pressure and yeah. um, the way we play. It just isn't the same. It just it suits him perfectly at Liverpool. You know, they want yeah. a left back that just bombs forward all the time. Mm-hmm. They've got the team with the quality to deal with it if he's yeah. out of position. We don't have that. Um, but I would expect Robertson left back, maybe Tierney at right back if he's fit. He's got to prove that he's fit, yeah. obviously, in these next few weeks. The re- was it the record? The record of the Sun. I can't remember one of them were reporting that Tierney's. Could, could make his Arsenal yeah. debut this month, which would be a yeah. bonus. If he can Just get himself up to scratch, then ideal. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Marshall will continue yeah. and goals. He's undisputed. Yeah. yeah. So there's, well, group's over, but let's just see how we can do over these yeah. four games. Hopefully build towards mm. Nations League in a positive manner. Hopefully some players start to find form. Any ones that are brought in, hit the ground mm. running and do better than mm. what we've seen over the past couple of games then and we have got three winnable games going into the Nations mm. League so if we can go in on the back of three wins and a good performance against Russia there's absolutely every chance that we could yeah. at least get to the final of that and then it's a cup final you know anything can happen if we turn up on the day if Clark makes us hard to beat and gets our best attacking players yeah. on the pitch as well you know there's every chance we could be going to your 2020 yeah. it's, it's quite ironic this has probably been our worst qualifying campaign in years yet we're still in with a, yeah. a shout of goals. we're in with our best chance yeah. you know we haven't had a playoff for years and we've not had a beatable team in a playoff you know realistically beatable team so we're still in the best position we've been yeah. in for years but as you say if we're this, we could go into it off the back of the worst group but wouldn't that be typical if we then go on and qualify yeah. <laughs> that would just be football absolutely so. right we'll come back then around the time of the Russia and San Marino games assess who's in the squad who's not and the usual alright Thanks for listening to Hamdanor, Andy Barge and Ben Ramage having a wee discussion there about the Russia and Belgian games. Join us again in a month or so. 
Social Podcast Network.